This is like the first time in a while that I don't have anything written down. So <laughs> we're just going to see how this goes. Um, I also don't have anything written down and I finished the movie 15 minutes ago. I knew you were going to say that. When you were like, maybe 9.15, 9.30 we could record, I was like, Matt is watching the movie right now. Well, I went to um, I went to watch it last night, and I just couldn't stay awake. Everyone, please excuse Matt's allergies. Uh, he, he did let me know that he took allergy medication, but mm-hmm. it looks like that had to have been expired or something, because as they say in the Eye of the Beholder episode of Twilight Zone, no change. Well, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't work immediately well it should i read on i read online that um a shot of bourbon clears up all allergies so that's what i took oh okay well maybe that's what people wish worked and maybe you should renounce your wish And with that, what we should talk about today is actually what we've been watching. Because I have not seen you in a while. But before we get to that, big surprise, I didn't introduce the podcast. Welcome to Let's Run That Back. I'm Cody. I'm Matt. We're two brothers who like to talk about movies as if our opinions matter. And today we're going to be catching up with each other on what we've been watching as usual. We're going to lasso a lightning bolt and swing into Wonder Woman 1984 and without further ado let's run that back so let's start off with what we've been watching recently because I haven't talked to you in a while and I wish that I could say what I've been watching is WandaVision but because I chose to watch Wonder Woman last <laughs> night, the night that WandaVision came out, I did not watch it. I haven't watched it yet either. Okay, well that's great, because I was expecting this to just be you like, Oh, you gotta watch it. <laughs> but no, I haven't even finished through The Mandalorian. <laughs> are you past episode two of The Mandalorian? Yes. Are you only past episode three in the mandalorian define past (laughs) you're in the middle of episode three i've watched episode three have not yet started episode four oh man at this point you probably have just heard everything that happens in the rest of the season well well, because i uh, i avoided a lot of it yeah a little bit got spoiled but i avoided a lot of it and now like people are on to other things so no one's talking about it so yeah now people are talking about wandavision (laughs) so now by the time you finish mandalorian you gotta hope falcon and winter soldier is out and people have stopped talking about wandavision (laughs) no I'll, i'll start that today other than that though i'm trying to think of the last time we spoke was before christmas the last time we spoke in a podcast format, I guess I should say. <laughs> and uh, since then, I finished Gilmore Girls and finished. They they made like a another season like 10 years later. We finished that also. Was it any great ending? Oh, it was amazing. The 10 also, years later though, was? Yes, it was. <laughs> it was great. Because what happened is the person that was um, like the creator of Gilmore Girls was Amy 
Sherman Palladio, and her and her husband, Daniel, wrote pretty much every episode of Gilmore Girls, like from season one through six, and there's seven seasons. That seventh season, she was like fired slash quit, and so season seven, the final season of Gilmore Girls, was by a different showrunner that they selected to be their their follow-up, but technically they didn't get to end the series so they did this follow-up, and that was with the original creators to do, like, an epilogue, I guess. Please tell me everyone died. <laughs> well, you know what? what was, You're going to fire me? What was really weird is Thanos back. showed up. <laughs> Ten years later. And kill everyone. And kill everyone. <laughs> that did not happen. So that was the main thing. Now we, Now Kristen and I have moved on to trying to figure out what we're watching next. What uh, what have you been watching? I watched The Queen's Gambit. Have you watched that yet? I haven't, and what's hilarious is I keep telling people, my parents got me a chess set for Christmas mm-hmm. because they watched The Queen's <laughs> Gambit. Not because you watched it. <laughs> and let me say, we've loved having that chess set, but I still haven't watched The Queen's Gambit. Oh. Um, Recommend. Very good. Yeah. I have one episode left of Euphoria. Oh, I've been wanting to watch that. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good and really disturbing and weird. <laughs> well, then I'm in. <laughs> but Zendaya is phenomenal. Zendaya? Zendaya? Yeah. I don't know, but I usually say Zendaya just because usually that's how I pronounce D-A-Y-A, but I've never heard her say it, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's M- MJ? We, ha- we haven't... We haven't mispronounced a name on this show in a while. I think we're really losing what our charm is. <laughs> Zendrua uh, was... <laughs> She's just so good. She she plays this high school kid who's has, you know, some pretty severe substance abuse problems and just seems completely determined to kill herself or ruin her life. Not in a suicidal way, just like by making bad decisions, but you root for her. Um, that sounds so fun. You you root for her to be successful. You're upset when she makes the bad decisions. And when you say to be successful, you don't mean successful in killing herself. Correct. You mean making a good and decision. Turning her life around. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can see how that would make you feel euphoric watching a, a show like that. You do not feel euphoric watching this show. Oh, oh, okay. Maybe euphoria means the feeling when you're taking the substances she's abusing. I, maybe. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's the feeling that she's looking for. Looking for. Um, those two, I've been keeping up with Binge Mode Marvel. Right. We are through Thor Ragnarok, so next up is Black Panther. And you say we, again, you mean the Binge Mode community. <laughs> yes, not Carrie. Uh, so I, I have been doing the opposite of you, where I listen to the episode and then I spend... A few days just repeating, ugh, I want to watch that movie again. <laughs> but I never watch it again. And I have been wanting to get through all the movies, so I keep skipping the Ask the Underscore. Oh, unless so it's. Th- I know they're good. I've, I listen to them when we... Also, Binge Mode is a podcast <laughs> that <laughs> they, they dive into a certain nerd culture topic in this case it's the marvel cinematic universe and they're watching through everything and talking about the comic books and people that inspired it and everything but what 
binge mode does that's interesting is it makes the movies that I didn't like that much sound much better than they <laughs> than I remember them being. Because I never really liked Guardians Volume 2. Oh, so good. I thought it was like, eh. And then them talking about it, I'm like, I want to watch it again. They make it sound good. <laughs> it, it was. It was good. Well, and that's what I was excited they were there, that they were going to do this. Because I always try to watch along with whatever season yeah. they're in. Unless they do like Lord of the Rings or something. I would love for them to do Lord of the Rings. And it's got to be coming. Because I wish I was more into Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it's on my list right next to Godzilla. Two, it says Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I think slash gods and monsters. Slash well, gods is mark. crossed out, <laughs> and then ne- after that is be more into Lord of the Rings, <laughs> <laughs> and it's gotta be the next thing they do. But anyway, but you, what you like about it is what that it's it an like opportunity to that passion back. Well, it's an opportunity to revisit the the ones I didn't like at the time because like. I watched Iron Man 3 in the theaters, and I was like, well, that sucked, and I never watched it again. But it only sucked because I was pissed about Ben Kingsley. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, watch it again, knowing that that's coming without all the hype and expectations. Oh, I like imagining movie. that it's not what they chose to do with Ben Kingsley's character. I like imagining that you just were pissed at Ben Kingsley. Yeah, he owes like, me five bucks. I can't, I can't even look at him. I hate him. <laughs> It's like a and, Kristen uh, Nicholas Cage uh, scenario. <laughs> Kristen hates Nicholas Cage. So this week or three weeks, I don't really know how to say it, but <laughs> this episode we watched Wonder Woman 1984 or WW84, and this is the sequel to Wonder Woman. I don't know if you want to make the joke here or later. It's not the 1,984th Wonder Woman movie. It's just the second movie. No, it's Wonder Woman 1,984. Okay. So it's directed by Patty Jenkins, who did the first Wonder Woman. It's written by Patty Jenkins, Jeff Johns, and Dave Callahan. Hey, do you think that when she shows up on set in a bad mood, they call her Krabby Patty Jenkins? (laughs) Krabby Patty (laughs) One can hope It's starring Gal Gadot Chris Pine Kristen Wiig Pedro Pascal Alistair (laughs) (laughs) Among Among others But those are pretty much the main The main crew Here's the thing Guys And gals It's two and a half hours long (laughs) So that keep in mind that it being two and a half hours long will be working against it for a majority of the movie. Now, I don't know where we usually start, but pretty much it the movie is about Wonder Woman. She's living in the year 1984. She, I think, is immortal. I don't fully know a lot about Wonder Woman, like comic book lore. She's but a, she's basically a god. Pretty much, God. so you would imagine she's immortal. She seems to be. And the first movie took place during World War One, and this movie takes place in 1984, so there's been, you know, years 
uh, I think like 50 something years since the first movie. And without going way too into it, she works at the Smithsonian. There's a crystal that is donated to the Smithsonian. This crystal grants you wishes, but it turns out it's a monkey's paw situation. When they started talking about wishes, I was like, I wonder if it'll be a monkey's paw situation. And then in the movie, they're like, it's the monkey's paw. Like they said it (laughs) multiple times. So it's going to be a recurring theme. (laughs) Wonder Woman wishes to have her great love from World War One back, Chris Pine. And he comes back more on that later. Kristen Wiig, a.k.a. Barbara, wishes to be like Diana, not knowing that Diana is Wonder Woman and is immortal and has super strength and all that stuff. She just wants to be cool. And Pedro Pascal's character, Max Lord, wishes in a stunning move. He wishes to be the Wishing Stone. Right. <laughs> which which I wish meant he just turned into a rock and fell down. Like, <laughs> I don't know how that did not happen. But... Turns into Dwayne Johnson. So then pretty much what the rest of the movie is, is Max Lord as the Wishing Stone going around, granting people's wishes and taking what he wants from them. And it just spirals out of control. Wonder And it's a monkey's paw situation. So Wonder Woman took what she wanted. She got Chris Pine back, but in turn, she's losing her powers. Okay. And Barbara is getting what she wanted. She gets to be like... Wonder Woman, but she's losing her morality and like, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, of course, you have to have the ending where Diana has to give up Chris Pine to get her powers back to fight the bad guy, blah, blah, blah. We'll get more in depth into things that I am sure Matt shares my puzzling feelings towards some of the the choices in the movie. (laughs) But pretty much, you know, Wonder Woman saves the day. The end. Now, kind of initial reactions, because as he stated, Matt saw this movie, he finished it 15 minutes ago. So this is going to be devil all the time level, like, immediate reaction. What I don't expect is the same praise for this movie as (laughs) devil all the time got. But what I want to say up front, before this turns into us just bashing Wonder Woman 1984, which is what I feel is coming... I want to say up front that going into the movie, I knew people weren't thrilled with it. Mm -hmm. And I saw the scores on IMDb and everything. And I don't think this movie is as bad as people are making it out to be. I agree. But it was not great. It, It wasn't that good of a movie. What I think is working against it more than anything is that Wonder Woman 1 was so good. It was really good. Yeah. It had the same, that same, like, DC movie curse where the third act is just, like, nonsense, like, CGI (laughs) stuff happening, which this movie also falls into. But I guess it's just, like, a lot of the things in this movie were just weird, like, choices that could just be changed. And, I mean, let's... For for a movie that got delayed what six or seven times right and i know it wasn't production getting delayed i know it was just releasing it but for a movie that got delayed six or seven times it felt so like rushed yes 
It was a two and a half hour movie that felt like it didn't have enough time to get <laughs> what it was trying to right. do across. <laughs> like there were times where I felt like it feels like they're rushing right now and it's two and a half hours long. Do you ever like wake up and you have dishes to do and you have laundry to do and you have, you know, I don't know, homework to do and you have to exercise and you have to get all this stuff done and you don't really quite know what to do first. And so you just do a little bit of the dishes and then a little bit of the laundry and then a little bit of the homework and you do it like a little bit at a time. And you get it all done, but it takes all day. Whereas if you would have just organized, I'll do this, then this, then this, it would have taken you much, much less time. Right. Yes. Not Wonder Woman 1984. Right. And then the other comparison (laughs) would be, but before you do any of that, first, you just decide to draw a picture for no reason and then start all the other stuff. (laughs) Right. Because the first scene is young Diana in Themyscira, mm-hmm. and that scene really never comes back for anything later in the movie. Like, are you joking? The scene is the scene is her like doing a race against other Amazonians, and she takes a shortcut, and by doing that, she cheated, and she's she doesn't deserve to win. Right. And she's a little girl; she's upset about that, and she's told, "You took a shortcut." you don't deserve to win because you, you pretty much you don't understand why you don't deserve to win. And they tell her, like, the truth is the most powerful thing, right? And so is that what you're saying is going to come back is she can't be the with lesson. Chris Pine because right. that's a shortcut. And the only way to win is by believing in truth and being honest and stuff. Well, what I she did that. was repeat the lesson to the world and then they all renounce their wishes. Right. Which would not happen. What I mean, what I mean by <laughs> it didn't matter is because that just comes across throughout the movie. You don't need to just tell us at the beginning. Like, literally, the Amazonian warrior says to young Diana, like, the truth is the most powerful thing you have. And I was like, Diana's just going to say that later in the movie. You yeah. just know it when it happens. And I just, I don't know. It's just like, felt like, why do we need to watch this? And Kristen said it was pretty cool. And I was like, it was. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's, 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 <laughs> it's showing you where she learned that lesson, you know, why it impacted her so much. Right. And it was an excuse to include this really cool sequence. Right. But like, in the end, it didn't need to be there in a two and a half hour movie. If you're looking for things to cut, you could have cut that. I would have chosen to cut some other things first, but okay, that's I may, that that I agree with that. So, what we're gonna do now is we're gonna kind of focus on some of the negatives that puzzled us. Then we're gonna move on to the positive things we had about the movie, and then maybe even move into like what we think could have been changed to make it better. Because Kristen and I were talking about it, and we had this like this like epiphany that I almost feel like works so well in my mind that it had to have been part of an earlier draft of the script because <laughs> it all fits into place so much. Okay. So so things that puzzle. Why is it that she wishes, and she does it silently, but you obviously get the idea. Wonder Woman wishes that Steve, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Chris Pine's character Steve would, she'd be back with him. He comes back, but... Like, he wakes up in another 
man's body. And then through like getting Diana to understand it's him, she's able to see him. So now Chris Pine is the actor being Steve. Right. And so I was feeling that's the monkey paw is that he comes back, but you're stealing someone else's life pretty much to have him there. But no, (laughs) the monkey's paw was that she is slowly losing her powers to have him there. I was very confused by this as well, because I couldn't tell if she was losing her powers because Steve was back, or if Kristen Wiig was was draining her powers. Siphoning them, yes. And that siphoning of the powers is part of what I think they should have changed. Okay. But... Later in the movie, you see someone, like the president, wish for more nukes. Those just snap up here. Right. Another guy wishes for something that makes a giant wall appear around the city, and that just appears. So you're telling me Steve couldn't just appear? Right. He had to be another guy? And at the end, when she, like, renounces her wish, he just turns back into the guy, so, like, he could have just disappeared. There was just... (laughs) no reason to have him be another guy right and so that really confused me but okay he comes back let's get in this jet yes that is sitting in the back of the smithsonian i can just make things invisible yes and when i make it invisible it disappears from radar this is just a thing that i can do well so like when she's chasing max lord later in the taxi Where she can't just make the car invisible? She had a life before you knew her. (laughs) Just like Ludacris in Fast and Furious. It works so well because she's in that movie. (laughs) She says very clearly, I've done it once and I've been trying to do it. So, like, obviously she could do it. I'm also more puzzled by how that jet is just sitting behind the Smithsonian, fully fueled up and ready to go. And then they're shocked when someone steals it. (laughs) And, okay, and that also brings me to one of those things that just really bugs me in movies. And it's when the writers, the directors, you know, the editors, whoever's choosing to keep it in there, just look at the audience and say, you're an idiot and we know it. And it's when she makes the jet invisible because Wonder Woman famously has an invisible plane. And Mm -hmm. then once it's made invisible and we see that it's invisible, Steve says, an invisible jet. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, we know. (laughs) We saw it happen. And Wonder Woman has an invisible jet. So, yeah, obviously. And that's just one example of so many times they do that in yeah. the movie. It was very surface level. They just told you everything. It was very, 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 very little subtext throughout and the entire because, movie. But, and that's what gave that feeling of rushing. Like, they, they need to just tell you because we don't have time to sit here and show you what's happening. Right. <laughs> in a two and, two a, and a half, half hour <laughs> movie. <laughs> I said to Kristen, when they first cut this movie, first cut of the movie, it had to have been four and a half hours long. No, that's the thing, Cody. The first cut of the movie was two and a half hours. (laughs) And they said, ship it. They were like, it's done. (laughs) This is perfect. 
They had a year and a half that it got delayed. That the release got yes. delayed. That they could have yes. changed anything. Yes. All right. Now let's talk about another petty thing I have. <laughs> Early scene Gina? when you meet petty when you meet Barbara Minerva, who is the villain Cheetah in the comic books. The third Cheetah. She she looks down at Wonder Woman's leopard print heels and says, mm, "I love your shoes." I believe they were cheetah print. They were leopard print. <laughs> and then later on in the movie, I mean, I'm not going to get into science here. I actually technically don't know for sure. But she says, Barbara Minerva says she wants to be an apex predator. I technically don't know if a cheetah is an apex predator. I know it's a predator, but an apex predator is someone, is a predator that's not also prey. But either way, as I started this with some petty things I have. If I could be even more petty, she also wishes to be unlike anything or anyone that exists, and then she's made into a cheetah, (laughs) which exists. (laughs) But I guess a human-cheetah hybrid doesn't exist, and I guess I should be happy because I thought they weren't going to be brave enough to make her look like cheetah, and I guess I I should have renounced that wish. I was going to say, and one could argue that maybe they shouldn't have. Yeah, because before she became actual cheetah, she was when awesome. she was wearing like the the prints and stuff, yeah. and had like the cool makeup and had yeah, all yeah. the powers. Yeah, but I just kept saying to I kept saying to Kristen, but why is she cheetah? You know, like there was nothing in the rest of the movie that made it like, oh, I know she loves cheetahs or like right. even loves cats right. in general. They kept. They had a lot of Oh my god, Cody. The truth is all that matters. You can't take shortcuts. Okay. You can't be a cheetah. Oh my god. <laughs> no cheat no cheating. Don't be a cheetah. Unbelievable. Matt, you know what? Maybe this is a five out of five movie. <laughs> And we're ju- it's just like it's just like I'm thinking of any ending things. We just don't understand it. <laughs> right. Okay, I know that I just made a really stupid pun, but like do you think that was on anybody's mind at all? I, I wanna say I hope not, but probably. <laughs> Here's the thing, too. I kept pointing them out like when they would like obviously appear, kind of like as a joke. Like they would be talking and I'd say to Kristen, There's a bobcat behind them in the scene. And a bobcat's a, a a cat that's a predator. Know what else is? A cheetah. And then later, I was hoping you were talking about bobcat Goldthwaite. <laughs> and then later, as Diane is leaving, Barbara goes, "Okay, well, definitely let me know. I'm curious." And I was like, <laughs> "Like a cat." <laughs> it was. It was constant. It was constant. And then what did what were what was the guy doing to her that tried to assault her before he started trying to assault her? What was he doing, Matt? He was catcalling her. Any scene with Barbara had a cat in it. I won't argue that. What I don't didn't see was her saying anything about liking cats cuz she says, "I'm a gemologist. I'm a zoologist." Like, all that stuff. Why didn't she say, like, and I especially love studying big cats. Right. Or Or something. Feline predators or something. They barely mentioned that. Like, they barely mentioned it was July 4th coming out. (laughs) Yeah. 
that was a really cool I, sequence. It was cool to look at yeah. because that was when Steve and Diana were in the invisible jet that Steve had just pointed out they were in. and Invisible they, jet. They actually saw fireworks going off. And Steve is from World War One time, so he's never seen fireworks before. So he's just like, what is that? <laughs> With that intensity. He's not seeing explosions going off and saying... What is what's going on? He's like, what is that? And she's like, oh, <laughs> duh, it's the fourth, but still doesn't say what it is. And so they, he's like, check this out, and he flies through the explosions. Mind you, he's a World War One pilot that died in a plane accident or like a plane explosion, and he's like, let me fly this plane through the explosions, <laughs> but. I'm not going to make fun of that. He doesn't remember his death and stuff. They did point that out. That was a cool sequence. It looked great. I don't know how feasible it is to fly through fireworks, but I'm also... That's not the kind of thing I'm going to argue in this movie. (laughs) I don't care, okay? What I do wonder is I saw a comment on Reddit that I loved that was like, so this movie takes place around the 4th of July. So that means that Barbara told a homeless guy, stay warm in July in Washington, D.C. <laughs> hey, you don't know. Probably, it might cool down. Maybe. In the swamps of D.C., it really cools down in July. I don't care. I don't care. Do you have anything that puzzled you? Because I just realized I, like, unloaded like a machine gun. I mean, <laughs> I mean you covered a lot of it. What bothered me was the, and you touched on a little bit, the suddenness of it all. The, oh, I can just, we're not going to allude to or explain this power at all, but I can make this plane invisible. Right. We're not going to show the origins of this stone or anything. We're just going to drop it in the audience's lap and, hey, accept that there is a wishing stone. You saw the guy with the coffee got the coffee. Right, that's all the explanation needed. And you know what's funny? Is she said, like, make a wish, and you'll get it granted. Whatever she said. And the guy grabbed it and went, I wish I could get some coffee. And he walked, and the guy gave him coffee. And then three seconds later, Barbara's like, wouldn't that be nice? And, like, walked away. I'm like, I would have made a wish right there. (laughs) Right then and there. Hey, what do you think that guy lost to get that Uh, coffee? According to people on the internet, he said... When he took a sip, he went, ooh, it's too hot. There you go. He got the... They were saying, like, small wish, small issue. Right. right. You know? But what other people were saying was, did he have to renounce his wish at the end? (laughs) Give back the coffee. (laughs) Like, people were saying, like, what's the gravity of this? Like, does he have to renounce, I wish I didn't wish for coffee? Right. And that other guy, like, I wish I didn't wish there wasn't traffic? Or, like, (laughs) is it just the big ones? (laughs) And because I guess we didn't explain that. At the end of the movie, Wonder Woman realizes that the only way to stop the stone from ending your civilization is to i think destroy the stone or have everyone renounce the wish that they made but pretty much what happens is i guess wonder woman can't get her lasso to hit the bad guy so she's like all right i can't destroy the bad guy we have to get everyone to renounce the wish or did she realize since he's now the stone i can't kill him i don't know why 
she like gave up on that. But she did, and we need to get the billions of people across the entire globe to renounce whatever they wished for. And it works, you know? Everyone comes together. Well, here's another question that was a little unclear for me. Yeah. She wraps the lasso around his ankle to show him the truth so that he can see clearly the truth. He sees his son in danger and renounces his wish. Then after he said that, then it showed everyone all around the world renouncing their renouncing. wishes. Renouncing. So yes. was it a cause and effect? Was it because he renounced his wish, it caused everyone to? Or did was she able like, to broadcast like and inspire everybody? Like they didn't have everybody? a choice? Right. Well, that brings up a good question because, you know, they do that montage of people renouncing their wishes one after another. And it cuts to Barbara and she doesn't renounce her wish. Like, it doesn't show her saying anything. She doesn't look like Cheetah anymore, but she doesn't renounce her wish. I think it's implied that she did. Or is it that since Max gave her the Cheetah-esque part of herself, and he renounced his wish, that went away, but then she didn't renounce hers? But everyone would have to for it to, like, work, right? That's, like, what they said. Right. And that means everyone. The guy that wished that he had coffee needs to renounce it what i wonder does he remember like does he even think like oh that must have been part of this probably not do you think that he looks back on what he accomplished like a couple of days ago he was just like a little bit less productive than he was with (laughs) his wish (laughs) he's like i kind of (laughs) wish he's like kind of wish i wish for something better (laughs) But I like your idea of Max renouncing the wish, and then it's a cause and effect, and everyone like has to renounce theirs. But then that kind of takes away from the feeling that Wonder Woman was able to get through to everyone. Because if she wasn't able to get through to anyone, then she didn't really do much in the whole movie. I mean, it's not quite an Indiana Jones scenario. Right. I, th- I think that it's supposed to be that, that she she broke through to everyone's hearts and let them know that that's the truth. Now, well, in in a movie where she uh, uses a lasso to swing from lightning bolt to lightning bolt, that's just not realistic. If I'm being honest, <laughs> I didn't mind the swinging from the lightning bolts. It looked I cool. did mind when she lassoed a cloud <laughs> and swung. <laughs> Because, like, with the lightning bolt, I can, like, in my mind be, like, maybe for, like, a split second it's solid. Right. But, like, a cloud is always vapor. Right. <laughs> anyway, you're you're 100% right that people would not renounce their wishes. <laughs> and two, how many people, because Max Lord takes over every television screen across the entire globe to, like, get people to make wishes and stuff. How many people just went, I wish you were dead. I wish you were, like, you would shut up when they came up on the screen. Yeah, I There had know. to be, out of billions, <laughs> there know. had to be people that did that. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, in a movie like this, you're supposed to overlook things like that. Right, suspend but disbelief a little bit. I think that after the 15th time, you're like, <laughs> okay, but stop it. Like, <laughs> right. I don't want to sit here having to constantly make up for you. (laughs) My last one. 
This is my last thing, and then we can move on to positives. Okay. Max Lord's son was a little kid, and he was, like, trapped in <laughs> Max Lord's office <laughs> for the whole movie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and people are trying to break into the entrance, and so he can't escape because they're, they're at the door, and they're trying to break in. When Wonder Woman's showing him the truth, she's showing him, with, like, his son in danger and everything. The people break into the office. I know exactly where you're going with this. Next cut. The kid's just walking on a freeway. <laughs> he, so he got out somehow. Then walked through the streets, got onto an on-ramp to the highway, and then ended up on, like, an off-ramp of the highway. And that's the last we see of him. <laughs> then Max realizes he's been horrible and needs to save his son. And when he finds his son, his son just walks out of the forest. Right next to the Pentagon. <laughs> yes. Where? <laughs> I mean, that's where I was just like, I, whatever. I don't care. Okay. Sure. <laughs> that kid just <laughs> walked. 40 miles. I don't, I'd have to look up how far Max Lord's building is supposed to be, but I just don't know how he got out of the office. That's what really, I guess the same way he got into the forest. I don't know. So this movie had some bad stuff. This movie had the third act CGI in the middle of the night, too dark to see anything battle mm-hmm. that every one of these movies has. But mm-hmm. Where was where was our our shining glimmer of hope? Where was our shining lasso bringing us to the truth of what was good in this movie? It was very very much like an actual issue of a comic book. Yeah. Come yeah. to life. With like so much stuff going on all at the same time, the I don't want to say pacing, but the kind of the structure of the story where it jumps around um, from spot to spot, place to place, yes. um, it felt like a comic book. I agree. Now we we've talked about this in you know adaptations and stuff. You can't always just like directly move do it. the comic story to right. a film. It doesn't totally work. But if this were an issue of a comic book, I would have enjoyed it a lot more than I enjoyed the movie. Because there is, like, an aspect to comic books where, like, sometimes the plot line of, like, a story might only be, like, six issues long. And each issue is not a ton of pages. So they do have that feeling of, we're just moving from the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. But it also usually doesn't have just, a just like, a ton of, like, we're just telling you what's happening because the art kind of tells you. But either way, things like the opening scene in the mall, I I loved. I thought I thought every action scene, other than the the battle at the end that mm-hmm. was CGI, were really cool. Mm-hmm. And the the way that I know some people didn't like it, but the way that Wonder Woman in the mall almost like floated from place to place. Mm-hmm. I just loved that feeling of how she seemed like she was just so effortlessly like gliding through, just taking down everyone. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. And the way that they they always use this in like Wonder Woman's choreography where she'll like slide aclo- across the floor to like get somewhere and stuff. Mm-hmm. She just seems so efficient mm-hmm. and it's awesome. And so 
I, I just every action scene I was like, hell yeah, like this is awesome. It was fun. It was it was the action scenes. I'm gonna say, even though it was kind of messy, even the cheetah fight I thought was kind of cool. It's just that you couldn't really see much. Is really what the issue right, was. There. Right. Well, CGI is cheaper at night. <laughs> yes, I know, and I I hate it. Also, she that counts as attempted murder, right? At the at the end, she held her I underwater guess. and then stuck a power line in the water. Don't worry. She said she was sorry. <laughs> I mean, maybe she knows that Cheetah is strong and powerful enough to withstand it. You know what? She knows that she wished to be like her. And so, technically, shouldn't she have been just as unaffected as Wonder Woman? You know what? We're focusing on positives. You're right. So, I also loved that scene with the uh, the, the action scene with the... Um, the car chase? The cars, what is that called? Like a like a motorcade? I don't know. But I loved that aspect of she's losing her powers while also trying to take on these, mm-hmm. these cars. And you see it a lot in that scene, and then you see it a lot later in the action sequence that takes place in the White House. I love the way that she's focusing on getting to the main objective, and then you always have Steve in the back just trying to clean up and make right. it like easier for her to get there. Right. Like, He's just like, I, I don't know, I'm just taking this guy. I, I don't know, I'm <laughs> right. just taking this guy. And so it's just fun to watch it happen because you'll see like the shots of her fighting and in the back, he's like doing something. Right. And so her in between the two giant tank things trying to push them apart from each other as they're trying to close in on her. And you see that like how much it's straining her to do it because her powers are draining and draining it was awesome when she pushed him apart and then the car was just coming right back. And she almost just said like, shit, like, like I'm, I'm going to get crushed here. Mm -hmm. And Steve was able to wedge his car in between and it like stopped him. I was just sitting there the whole time. Like, yeah. And then kids ran out into the road and we were like, of course, okay, here we go. It was just a great, we're focusing on the positives. It was, <laughs> I thought the action scenes were just so well shot and like edited and the choreography was awesome. The The truck flip that launches her yes. to be able to catch the kids was really, really cool. That was a, a comic book moment. That yeah. was like, that would have been like t- a two page spread of her just like yeah. flying in the air. And even Steve, like, looks up and is like, holy shit, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> it really did feel like a moment. And the that that also is, like, I liked the way that they filmed. It felt like, especially towards the beginning, like, with the mall fight and the way that before that it was kind of a montage of her stopping things like those guys joyriding in the car and she just kicked the car. I liked the way that they were, like, hiding her so much. It felt a lot like even like an 80s superhero movie or something like it was coming into it and these kind of wacky like just her foot comes out and kicks the car Mm -hmm. and like you just see the brush of her hair go by and stuff i like felt like i was watching an older superhero story yeah and and i mean watching her take her tiara off and throw it like a boomerang will always be awesome (laughs) (laughs) i had the same question as everybody else had uh, when <laughs> everything first got announced, and that was um, Kristen Wiig is the cheetah. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and about five, ten minutes into the movie, when it showed Barbara as Barbara, I was like, oh, this is why they needed Kristen Wiig. Because she was going to sell it. Right. And and she did. And and she was good even when she turned. Right, right. It was just that well, really the only thing working against her was how fast everything was happening. Right. So she, I thought she was great in the awkwardness and... I, I don't know how to describe it. like what Kristen Wiig does so well. Yes, yes. Played perfectly into that character, right? And and made the shift a lot more dramatic. Right. I read that they offered it to Emma Stone, and I can see, you know, she probably would have done well that with that similar, too. Similar like voice, but there's awkwardness. N- but there's nobody that does it like Kristen Wiig. <laughs> no, she's the master, which is why you go for her. And I just I think that the thing that. It just it's it's just unfortunate that she ends up being kind of forgotten at the end because they rushed the character too right. much. Because it just felt like you know you're like you know Cheetah as a formidable opponent to right. Wonder Woman, and it felt like they needed to just get her out of the way so we could get to the <laughs> to the end at mm-hmm. the end. So that sucked because I did like Kristen Wiig the whole time, and yeah, because Marvel would never do that. <laughs> Iron Man 3. You still pissed at Ben Kingsley. <laughs> <laughs> the other one that I liked, and we you kind of reminded me of it when we were talking about how we thought Kristen Wiig was good. I think this movie could just be like Pedro Pascal's resume for the rest Pedro of his Pedro Pascal is incredible. He <laughs> nailed every he was scene he was in. He was he perfect. He was incredible. <laughs> and Kristen and I, like even like he was like, it was that scene where... He was really melting down like that first time where like his blood, his eye was starting to clot and like mm-hmm. he was trying to get wishes from every person like mm-hmm. one at a time. I was just like, this guy is so good. Yeah. He's just selling it so well. He's perfect. <laughs> and so I just I kept thinking like, you know, uh, first off throughout the whole movie, I just kept thinking to myself, this isn't as bad as people have been making it seem. <laughs> And and one of the things was Pedro Pascal just like holding that movie up and just like <laughs> whenever it cut to him, it was great. Mm-hmm. He was holding that movie up as much as Chris Pine holds up their relationship, <laughs> like the Wonder Woman like Steve relationship. Right. And and so I I I loved the music. Hans Zimmer is really great. And I thought the music was great in the scene where she had to say goodbye to Steve and renounce her wish. Mm-hmm. I felt like that like really made the whole thing feel super great. And that sequence of them saying like, you know, I'm going to renounce the wish and her leaving and her running and her jumping like that was awesome. And it felt like the big moment that it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I read that that theme that was playing when she renounced her wish was the same theme that he played when Bruce Wayne's parents died in, in Batman vs. Superman. Oh, well, that's... There you go. It's her loved ones dying. Yep. And then she flew, and I had to go through my head and be like, can Wonder Woman fly? Can Wonder Woman fly? And I was like, I she think wasn't Wonder really Woman can fly. She wasn't really flying as much as she was gliding. She was falling with style. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Toy Story. Oh, yes. Okay. But... In, like, the Justice League cartoons she, and stuff, Wonder Woman flies, doesn't she? No, that's why she has an invisible jet. That would that would make sense. But, hey, you know, she doesn't she, fly in Batman like, v Superman just like when, or Justice League, so it doesn't matter, I guess. But just like Superman, when Superman 
first got introduced in the comics, he couldn't fly. He could just jump really high, really far. So that's you basically leap what she did. Single building or a building, tall in a buildings in a single bound. So, uh, what what's your big one? Was it Pedro? Pascal it was Pedro or you Pascal. Still have it? Okay. Okay. So Pedro Pascal, Game of Thrones. Yes. Incredible, fan favorite. Yep. And he was barely in it. He that's how big of an yeah, impression yeah. he made. Um, Mandalorian. Yep. Carries that. I mean, I know Baby Yoda's great, but like carries that show without showing his face. Yep. Pretty much a voice acting job in a way. <laughs> yeah, and really gives that character a lot of depth. Yep. And, but it, well, and, and, and this, right? Yes. Yeah. I know he's done some other things. These are the big things that he's done. Right. The big commercial things. None of this stuff is going to win him like any major awards or anything like this. But he really, really deserves it. He nails he everything nominated. he does. He should be nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Wonder Woman 1984. And that's not even a joke. I wouldn't go that far. He should be nominated. There needs to be something to support. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Are you saying he's only good because of what you're comparing it to? No, no. I, he, like I just said, he's great in everything he does. He was phenomenal in this movie. He, he was probably the character with more depth than any other character. 100%. And he nailed every layer of it. Right. He was great. He provided the subtext. He... You know, but that was all him. That wasn't necessarily right. the right. script. I think we can go into our last phase of this, which is what we think could have made the movie better. So obviously I have an idea, and this is just a small thing. It would not fix everything. <laughs> but I think that Steve being in another person's body and like taking that guy's life to have Steve should have been the monkey paw issue. And that should have been something that was, like, thought about for a second. Mm -hmm. That it was like, yeah, you get to be here, but we're, like, stealing away someone else's opportunity to be here. And wrestle with the morality of that. Right. And Wonder Woman losing her powers should have been that it was being siphoned by Cheetah. Because what would then happen is Cheetah would end up having all of Wonder Woman's power, pretty much. And Wonder Woman would not have power. And would just have to choose to be morally correct and give up Steve so that another person can live their life. And then she would have to use the golden wingsuit to be able to have a, f- a chance of fighting against Cheetah and like holding her off. So that would have given that some sort of meaning and it wouldn't have fallen apart immediately. And then it would have made sense why she's not jumping in and just beating the shit out of Max Lord and why she instead needs to plead with the billions of people that they renounce their wish because she doesn't have the power to fight him. Right. So she just needs to be able to, like, maybe she could be holding off Cheetah while she's also pleading with the world to renounce their wish because, you know, they need to. And then that would be, like, the end of the movie is... Everyone renounces their wish. She gets her powers back. Everyone stopped. And she was able to hold it off by using this ancient piece of Themyscira armor. And then it also adds to, again, the depth of her character that right. it's 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 not her powers that make her a hero. It's right. who she is and what she stands exactly. for. Exactly. Yes. And it all fits to me so well that it feels like it could have already been a part of the script at some <laughs> point. And they changed it. 
Because it's like, it also adds to Barbara being even more of a villain that, like, she took Wonder Woman's powers and I'm not giving it back. Like, I'm right. living your life now and you have right. to live my life. Your like, problem, you get not to mine. feel what I felt like. Right. So I just, that would not have solved every issue, but I think that would have made it a much stronger arc for everyone. Mm hmm. I, I feel like the script just could have used a couple more passes just to organize a little bit better. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, guys. What if we just looked at it again? Just one more time. Oh, we got Krabby Patty here <laughs> today. Because it's not, it's not like it's a bad script. It's just messy. It's just like, why don't you just take that part out? Why don't, why don't you take the part out where they have... Clean it up. Let's just take the part out where they have to travel to a guy that has a Mayan book and instead they just work at the Smithsonian and they find the Mayan book there. <laughs> right. Now we don't have to have a location, an actor, a new character, like cut it out. They just find it at the museum they work right. at. Right. Which it makes sense that the Smithsonian would have something, a book like that. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> it just, Can it one- seems like, I know that at the early, 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 early phase of a lot of these, it's just people sitting in a room saying, oh, then we could do this. Then this could happen. It could be about this and that. It feels like they did that and then went one step further and went, oh, yeah. And then the stone, he could become the stone and like made it, you know, fit a little bit better. Right. And then filmed it. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So then. We've looked at the negatives. We've looked at the positives. We've looked at what we think could have made it better. What What would you rate this movie? I would give it three stars. Okay. I thought about how I give a lot of movies three stars, and I felt like this, like when you start comparing to other movies you rate, I feel like I would give this two and a half stars. Okay. Like, I feel like this is a very middle-of-the-road movie. <laughs> I, I always feel like, and, and you've talked about your system, and maybe I should start using that to get a little bit yeah. more accurate uh, <laughs> read. Right. Mine are, right. are more gut feelings. Mine this time is kind of more of a gut feeling. <laughs> but I feel like giving something three stars is kind of a cop-out. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like pick, do you like it or do you not like it? Pick one. <laughs> right, right. And I this is this is, for me, this is a f- true... Three-star movie. Three-star movie. It's, it's not great, I'm, and it's not terrible. Right. I didn't hate it. I'm not upset that I watched it. I'm not probably not going to be rushing out to watch it again. Yeah, maybe once the extended Zack Snyder cut comes out of it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so, yeah, would you recommend this movie? If someone said they were going to watch it, I would temper their expectations. I would not tell them not to watch it. Right. If someone were looking for a movie to watch one night, I would not suggest it. Right. You would suggest the first Wonder Woman movie. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. With Lupin. <laughs> With Lupin, yes. From I'm thinking of ending things. So, on the topic of thinking of ending things, I'm thinking of saying thank you for listening to Let's Run That Back. You can reach us at let's run that back pod at gmail.com. Our Instagram is let's run that back. I'm Cody. I'm Matt. See you later.